0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, listen, I want to welcome everybody to the Rikishi Driver Talk Show. It is January the 9th, the Saturday here in the West Coast, Los Angeles, California, January the 9th, 2021. And so I hope everybody is doing fine out there. Before we start this show, as always, I want to send a shout out. And this show here is powered by Knox Pro Entertainment. Also, I want to take this time. If you do like the show, make sure you share it, repost it, hit it up all over your social media, your Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all the platforms, yada, yada, yada. And I want to thank all those for uh, sending off also donations to the show out here. Much love. I don't need it, but thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Anyways, I'll take it, you know, so I hope you guys are doing fine, man. It is Saturday here in the West coast. (sighs) Ah. You know, I ain't been doing too much, just back and forth to Knox Pro Entertainment at the Domain, helping to, you know, the work on the new shows that are coming out. You know, the I Am Wrestling shows, uh, LIW, Live Interaction Wrestling. So that's something about Knox Pro. Always just coming up with new ideas for you, the wrestling fans. And I'm very proud to be a part of that. So make sure you guys follow Knox Pro on all social media platforms. Also, check them out. Every Tuesday is the I Am Wrestling live. Give an opportunity to all the wrestlers that are out there, independence, because I know you guys ain't booked anywhere. Ain't no promoters running any shows. You know, can't, can't bring, you know, fans into the building, so you know what time it is. Everything is online. And as always, Knox Pro Entertainment provides. So without that, man, I want to take this time here to just to say that I am very, very excited, very, very honored to have this Uso, the Mines man, from a while. Um, He is a former UFC fighter, three times world champion, AFC, chaos, IKBF world heavyweight champion. An author of Face Your Fears, Telethon Make-A-Wish Foundation, White Women Ambassador, and also the Mental Health Advocate, 27 Fights, 22 Wins, 18 KO, 4 Submissions. So this cat here, he's from the island of Tonga, lives out there in Australia, and by the name of Soa, the Hokpalili. And I can't recall, but it's been a minute, you know, uh, when I was out there in Perth, Australia. I actually came in there to do a, a show, an independent show out there. And, uh, you know, we we ran into each other there. And from that day forward, uh, we've been in uh, um, Brotherhood, Usos, if you would, you know, if that's what you, what we call it. And, uh, you know, I've watched him, his career take off. And um, he actually came to Las Vegas, uh, uh, Nevada, where I was there for his UFC fight. And, man, let me tell you, man, I was so, I don't know who was more excited. It was He was excited or I was excited just because, you know, I was there to be able to be a part of, you know, a Polynesian Uso or Toko Uso's you know, uh, debut, I believe, in the UFC. And so I, I can't say enough that, you know, I want to uh, take this time to kind of catch up with Saw uh, to see what he's been up to, you know, the past, the present, and now the future, and uh, to see what he's been up to. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I give to you my friend, my Uso, Saw the Hulk Pulele. The first, fighting out of the blue corner, a mixed martial artist holy a professional record, 19 wins, three losses. He stands six feet four inches tall, weighing in at 264 pounds. Fighting out a
1: Perth, Western Australia, Australia. So are the. Hulk.
0: If I get tweeted one more time about this guy, man, everybody in the mother tweets me about this guy. <laughs> wow, boy! I guess everybody was tweeting Dana White about you, huh? <laughs> yeah,
1: everyone was trying to make noise to get me back into the uh, into the UFC, but. Uh, um but it's uh, man, it's good to be on here also. And uh, man, I've missed you so much, even though we've, we've been keeping in contact um, here in that. Uh, but uh, it's been a long time, been a long time before. We need to get hit some buffets together soon.
0: Doko, you know, I, 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 first of all, I want to say God bless, God bless you. Uh, uh, again, I miss you much, much before we even came on, you know, our production meeting. You know, I just, I didn't want to tell all the stories behind the scene, before we came on live, you know, there's a bunch of two tokos, two usos from back in the day. And, you know, years later, I can't remember. Do you remember the year when when we came there to uh, Perth, Australia?
1: Oh, man, that was probably about, what, going on 15 years ago or something like that? Yeah. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, that's a long time. Uh, all
0: I remember is just you you and John and the whole crew, yeah. man. But anyway, shout out to the whole crew that was out there. You guys know who yeah. you are if you're watching this or miss you guys thank yeah. you for taking care of it but all i remember was all the bars all the, the yeah. good food the buffets that we went yeah. to man <laughs> i know when we were there we probably left when we put on an extra 50 pounds <laughs> oh
1: it was man it's uh it, and because my mate my, and i was brought up with john john like louis we were brought up together as, as uh going through school and stuff and uh and his whole thing with man I can't believe is here and, and just being around you guys was a, a dream come true for him because um because he's you know you know born and bred in you know, a Samoan and, and uh, he you know loves his heritage and that and to be around you guys was like a you know was a kind of a dream dream for, for him but uh you know not not myself as well but because uh, I've followed yourself and, and 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 you know the whole just everything you've you've done throughout your, your career, so massive. We're huge fan, huge yeah. fan. And what you've done to the Polynesian, and how you've you know um, inspired a lot of Polynesians um, to to you know to make it. You know um, it's you could be you could you do know, you could be anything that you want to do. And uh, if you want to make it to the WWE and, and be the world champ, you can. If you want to whatever you want to do in life, you can you can do it. And uh, and you've stepped up and amongst other other, you know, Polynesians stepped up in the WWE as well, so.
0: Well, thank you for that, uh Listen, you know, it's a team effort. You know, it's how we're all raised yeah. up. You know, that's a part of the Polynesian. It can be Samoan, Tonkin, Fiji, you know, you yeah, name it. But, you know, we're all, uh, you know, we all come from the same culture. And yeah. I, I believe that, you know, you know, it, it starts within, you know, your culture. And, and then as we go on, we're a bunch of cra- we're just, what's crazy, we're a crazy alley voice. That we come yeah. into this world of fighting, world of professional wrestling, yeah. and once we see that opportunity, it's 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 a go for us. You you don't miss yeah. that opportunity. <clears throat> and yeah. the one thing yeah. about I, I want to say this: the one thing about Polynesians in general, we don't yeah. give a yeah. damn. We yeah. we ain't we ain't yeah. scared of nothing. You know, yeah. some of us are good businessmen. <laughs> some of them are not yeah. good business people. But at the end of the day, when you're looking at a Polynesian uso or toko. You can yeah. rest assured, you got you a thoroughbred that's ready to work.
1: Oh, 100 <laughs> percent. And I guess that's what that that what that's what make, makes me so hungry, is that, um not knocking our heritage, not knocking my, you know, you know, where, where I'm from, yeah. uh, Tonga. But I you know I could have been another another stat there's so many talented islanders especially in in, in the islands that can do anything you know rugby whether it's playing rugby going to the nfl whatever they want to mm-hmm. do there's so many talented islanders but they get stuck in into this you know going to the carbonites, going to you know turning to alcohol and and stuff like that which you know kind of you know being led away by you know bad things that uh mm. that uh, you know i've seen so many so many people could lead in that way and, and myself my whole career i have kind of isolated myself in uh away from all that and made it made sure that wherever i wanted to go i needed to be around that mm. um when i was in in the, in, in la i, I stayed with uh, dan henderson um at uh, temecula and um and i surrounded myself and that was out of my com- comfort zone you know because i had no family no you know no one around but basically we're living in a house with uh you know with dan henderson you know mayhem miller all the top ufc matt lindland all these guys were in that one gym and it was a grind every day you you wanted you had to get it like you know i'm sure it's like Knox Pro, you man, you want to? You walk into this gym, you know you you want to make it to the WWE. You have you got to be hungry. So, and that's and that was me. So, for me to kind of get out of my comfort zone, and uh, if I want to be in the UFC, I've, I've got to do what I got to do. So,
0: oh, well, you're absolutely right, Uzo. You know, I believe everybody has a choice. You know, yeah. whether it's the culture, whether wherever you're from, that you know you you're born and raised with a brain. And to me, that's the most strongest tool that you can use. So the 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 atmosphere that you're in is like, or anybody's in, you have a choice. You know, so you know, good for you, good for you yeah. for making that choice. It doesn't mean that you know you're singled out because you choose yeah. to isolate yourself. Uh, yeah. To me, people try to knock that. Hey, that's garbage. You know, yeah. everybody wants. Uh, you got to do what you got to do to yeah. be able to, you know, you know, work on the goals the the future or whatever the, uh, you have plan yeah. plan uh, for your life. So, I yeah. got a question and, for you. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. It,
1: and I'm not not taking away from what you said about. Um, I know in my heart and in my bloodline, I'm I'm Tongan, my heritage and everything. That's yeah. when I step in the octagon, it's on the man I'm representing, I'm representing the whole country, I'm representing the Polynesians, I'm representing, I'm leading, leading the way, like, you know, with with what I want to do. So um, in my heart, but what I needed to do to to be at that level, I needed to kind of sacrifice to 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 take myself out of the comfort zone, to be at these camps where these guys are gonna ground on you, grind on you, they're gonna they're gonna, yeah. you know, they're gonna be on you. And I remember the first time I rocked up to Temecula, um, Dan, uh, Dan uh, Ryan Parsons picked me up from the airport, and I was quite heavy, and uh, he didn't he didn't realise how quite heavy I was. So it I was overweight, and uh, and I thought to myself, I've given him ten minutes. If he doesn't rock up in the next ten minutes, I'm hopping on a plane going back to Australia. Hmm. And then he walked around the corner, and and a guy named King Mo, uh, Mo Loyal, yeah. So he's uh, he he uh, uh, he was there, and he, he picked me up, and he goes, "Damn, you're huge." And, uh so we our, yeah <laughs> we end up uh making our way back to Temecula. and uh I thought to myself Dan if uh we'll see how it goes but it, it was it was a good learning experience because every day was a grind I was coming back to, to to the house and I was thinking man I was shaking my head and going crawling in the bed but it was mm-hmm. good because because it, it said man if I want to be at this level I need to I need to grind I need to hustle so and uh and I did so
0: so let's take it back there. That we we're talking about you know the grind and the hustle. So can you explain to my listeners, uh, the listeners here, what what made you like okay, I'm going to jump
1: into this fighting
0: game? How did that come about?
1: Um, I I boxed as a kid and uh, just to stay out of trouble. And well, uh, that that didn't work. But I then I eventually got into. Um, uh, you know, I started doing wrestling and freestyle and, and, and Greco wrestling and uh, mm. from there went into Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Um, and then I, I was training with a training partner of mine, a guy named Javi Hesky, and he was only 90 kilos and I was 120. And he kept choking me out and arm barring me. I thought to myself, hang on a minute, I need to learn something here. So um, I kind of fell in love with this whole Jiu-Jitsu. And that was at the time where UFC wasn't even huge. Um, and it was – uh so I started – you know, you know the art. I started, you know, learning it back then. There was no YouTube. There was no. Uh, it was basic. The VHS cassettes that you'd get. Um, I would order them from uh, from the US, and I used to get these VHS, and I used to put them in, press rewind, and play, wow. and watch them. You know, kind of so many times, and just learning the techniques, and uh, and then I just kind of you know started doing it. From there, I, I thought I'll just have my first fight, but uh, I, I think um, the love of competing um was you know because i played rugby uh, you know as a polynesian kid that you you know grow up and you know you grow up on the islands um but uh, that didn't get you know, help me in a way of what i needed to do because i was dealing with a lot of uh, mental health problems throughout my career you know as well so uh, um when i was dealing through you know depression anxiety and uh and suicide so and i think when i talk about the ufc it has helped me in a way um through, uh, through, you know, uh, the the hard times that I was going through, um, people say to me, you know, how has the UFC helped you? And, and I say, look, when I I channel everything in, so when I'm in the octagon and I walk up and down, and Bruce Buffer is on the and he's announcing my name, the person I see across across the octagon is uh, is not the my opponent. It's the it's the person that uh, that. Um, that, that you know that hurt me when I was younger. So, um, so yeah, I I kind of channeled things into that. Even though that wasn't a, an answer, even though it was just a band aid over over an issue that I was going through. But um, and that's the thing, you know, we I couldn't talk about it back in the day because as Polynesians, we can't talk about stuff that's going on because uh, you know it's it's frowned upon. So,
0: and it's kind of in a weird way, unless you're a performer, it was like therapy. Like yeah. I know when we look across. And it's go time, you know, as you say, you know, we, we walk in not only for ourselves as someone, but Polynesian coaches on our back, the pride and we carry that as we walk through. But when you yeah. see the opponent across, you know, we take, you know, we, we take that, that rage out, everything that was yeah. hurting me inside. I'm sorry, my friend, but you're the one that's going to pay for it tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's such weird. I mean, uh, we're, we're not we're not abusive people, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. you know, when when that's the only time that you can really put your hands on somebody and it's illegal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. oh uh, 100%. Right. I, I know where you're coming from. You know, so good for you, man. I mean, <laughs> yeah. hey, you got to find you got to find a that place that's where it's going to help you. And if it was that during that time going through depression, you yeah. knew you knew exactly where you need to go. And what you needed to do to help yourself, yeah. you know. And I see you now. You're, you know, you're going into a lot of the movies and stuff. Uh, tell me about that. Uh, how you got to meet, uh, man, Arnold Schwarzenegger, The Terminator.
1: <laughs> well, we, we were basically at a uh, a uh, he was doing a keynote talk in Sydney, and yeah. um, and they uh, and I was doing a, a presentation on mental health. And um, he was. I was in the green room, and uh, and we were like, uh, kind of, you know, saying hello. And they said, "Man, listen, you got to come over to, to to my house." And I thought, "Oh man, are you serious?" Because I do a lot of stuff for for, for kids at at, mm-hmm. at schools and stuff. I do a lot of mental health presentations and uh, at um, at schools and, uh, and also you know, with uh, we've got a thing called Strong Minds. Strong Minds. Um, it's a, uh, a a presentation that we do, program that we roll into uh, mining. And, and uh, not only that, into, you know, corporate and that as well. So just educating people on, on reaching out, educating people on how to have that conversation, educating people on on who how to reach out. Um, mm-hmm. Because there's a lot of people, especially men, you know, there's more suicide in men than women. Why? Because, you know, men can, can't talk about their problems. But right. there's also suicide in women as well. But uh, women can have a coffee, sit down, have a chat. A lot of guys, you know, find it hard to have that conversation. And that stems from uh, from people, you know, can't, they, you know, you say something, Hey, listen, I'm, you know, struggling today. All of a sudden they turn around and say, mate, toughen up, you know, have it's, a, have it's, it's the up. ego, right? Yeah. It's the yeah. ego of a man.
0: Yeah. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to let, so I, Rikishi's not going to let you know I'm weak. So therefore, yeah. even though I know you, I, I don't feel comfortable telling anybody my personal problems.
1: Yeah, hundred yes. percent. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, and that's the stigma that surrounds that. The, you know, the the kind those are the kind of comments that fuel that stigma. So, and what we're trying to do is stamp out the stigma and get people to have have that conversation. Getting people to, you know, if some if you are struggling with something, you know, talk. Because I nearly took my life. I nearly, uh, uh, if it wasn't for my um, for my oldest daughter, that saved my life. You know, I, I would have hung myself. So. Um, And it was by a simple text message that she sent um, that uh, replied text message that saved my life. So um, it's one of those things that I, you know, I'm blessed and and I am so thankful for God that um, I'm here to actually, you know, and it wasn't my time because now I'm here kind of helping people and saving people's lives and stuff like that by promoting mental health and helping people. So that's why I'm a a massive kind of uh, advocate when it comes to mental health. So. You know,
0: helping people out there that, that are struggling. Well, damn, man, I got the goosebumps when you're talking to me about that. You know, number one, I'm glad you came to your senses, and, yeah. and you know, if it took, uh, uh, you know, sometimes we got to sit back and think what's really important in our lives. You yeah. know, and as yeah. we see our kids that are that are that are growing up from babies to to women and young men, there's just it's almost not about me anymore. It's not about you anymore. It's about, it's about, you know, you know, our kids and those that are coming up and those kids that's been in the same similar situation, you know, such as yourself, you know, know, whether you're Polynesian or whatever, you know what I mean? Just kids in general, you know, they, they need to, they need to know that there's a way out and it's important that, you know, I'm happy that you're on here to talk about your story like that because, you know, it's each one teach one, I believe. Yeah, you know your stories are my stories, your stories. Yeah, it can help people, you know, to move forward and Mm. to understand that you know there's a way, Mm. and and the choice is all yours.
1: And everyone has a story. Like, like you, Rikishi, you have your own story. Everyone has a story. This is my story, Mm -hmm. and my story. You know, with the hard upbringing that I was, I was, I was going through, and uh, you know, and, and and telling my story to people. Um, and yeah. this is—it's funny when when you do talk to people. Um, anyone can stand there and kind of say, "Hey, listen, this is the stats: 2019, 2020, there was this many suicides." But people won't listen. Like, in order for them to listen, they need to feel it in their heart. In order for them to listen, of what you are saying is true. So, if you're telling something about your life story, they might relate to it in some sort of way. It goes, "Hey, you know what? I've gone through that." You know, and, and listen to it and go, I'm gonna you know what, I'm gonna get help. And that as well. And there's so many athletes that I've I've spoken to, um, whether they're playing rugby league, boxers, UFC fighters that have gone through it. Um yeah. and me talking to them about, you know, what I've that's something that's helped me, it might help you help help them or help you and that as well. So
0: And that's a lot of things with celebrities, you know, for those of you that are listening, you know, don't think just because you see celebrities, you know, from boxers to wrestlers to fighters to actors to you name it i don't think for one second we don't have problems yeah you know we go through it all <laughs> the only difference between you and us is that we're in the spotlight and so yeah. for for us <laughs> this thing here god forbid we go out to do you know with all the editing of footage on instagram and all before yeah. you even know it you're already they shoot out something and you're out there and it's like man yeah. I, I didn't do that well <laughs> yeah. There's the video right there. That's you, ain't it? Yeah. You know? yeah. So you almost got to, you almost got to be careful of stuff today, man. Again, it goes back to the choices that you know the kids make. So, but you know the kids yeah. nowadays, so they have so much more opportunity than we when we did. You know, you yeah. talk about you, you had to put your videos on freaking VHSs. Yeah. Now they they got freaking iPhones now. You know what I mean? Yeah. What do they do? They can edit up a video and. A matter of thirty seconds yeah. before you know it. it looks like it came out of Hollywood.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's 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 crazy how this how the whole phone and and how things have in, involved back in the day um, to to what it is now because um, you know I, did, I didn't even know what TikTok was until I banned my son not to hop on any social media and then all of a sudden oh TikTok's nothing dad but I didn't know what TikTok was all of a sudden it's like. And then he's on do, doing these TikTok things and I'm just like, oh no, oh geez, Okay. Well cool. mm. But uh, it's it's crazy how things are and, and there's so much uh not only you know hate but you know bullying and stuff like that that are on and that's something that I talk to these kids about, about uh, you know, social media about bullying and and, and, and stuff and, and how it can, you know, harp someone and that stigma surrounds that, that their social media as well. Because people mm. put pictures up and they think, hey, listen. You know, can you uh, change my foot, my 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 picture? Maybe bring in my sides a little bit. You know, put some abs on. You know, yeah. but uh, and it's, it's, it's those things. I think it's um, yeah, it's a dangerous tool. That's for sure.
0: What is it, The advice you would give the the saw uh, the Hulk Lily fans out there that are listening, as far as uh, social <laughs> media and what you what you've learned coming up through your journey.
1: I don't really watch. For now, I don't even know what to believe because yeah. <laughs> in the no. last kind of couple of years. So I just I just stay off uh, main you know mainstream uh, media. I just don't even listen to anything apart from you know what. Just believe in God. Have faith in God, because at the end of the day, um, you know God will get through. You, get 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 through this. You know we'll all get through this. And uh, um, whatever is is right, whatever whatever is wrong, you know. Um, but, uh, there are, we are in testing times. I, am sure like, uh, you know, I seen your video, uh, the other day with, uh, you talking about, uh, things and, um, how emotional it was, uh, because it's, uh, geez, right. I've, I've had, I've had anxiety, um, thinking about it, you know, kind mm-hmm. of thinking about what's going on in this world. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's crazy. You know, are we, are we going to be safe? You know, uh, you know, what's happening tomorrow? You know we're on lockdowns in, in in Australia. So, in where I am now, Perth, where these guys uh, came, we're we've locked out to the whole of of, of the rest of Australia. So um, we can still eat and and where mm. in our hub that we are in, in restaurants and stuff. But the rest of the country are all in lockdown. So it's uh, it's sad how things have gone. You know, people losing their businesses. <laughs> I've had friends lost their gyms and that as well. Um, Because they're in lockdown. So it's crazy.
0: It's the signs of time. Yeah. It's the wheel that turns with the new era and a new year that comes through. What holds for the future? Yeah. You know, and when we, uh, you know, I just, my thing is, you know, if I wake up every day, my eyes open, and I'm able to breathe another day, I've already won whatever I have ahead of me for that 24 hours or the time that I'm breathing, then so be it, you know? So I kind of put that video out there just because it was something that was bothering me. And I wanted to share my thoughts out there. Like, what if, what if it was us, you know? But, you know, I'm glad it wasn't. And I know damn well, you know, coming from a Polynesian family, if my ass was up there on the white (laughs) step my family would have whooped my ass before I got up yeah. there. Like, yeah. they'd be pissed off with, number one, why did you spend the money for the ticket for your ass to get up there when well, you know yeah. damn well we don't have the money for your ass to buy a plane ticket. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the culture. That's the Polynesian culture. Yeah. <laughs> they'd be like, oh, who told you to go buy that ticket? Yeah. Who told you That is none of your business, you know.
1: So, oh, geez.
0: God is good, oh, man. You know, God is good. You know, years later, fast forward, here me and you are, where. Getting this yeah. chance to chop it up and so forth, and I'm just so happy yeah. to see you, and uh,
1: I'm so happy to hear your voice. You know, yeah.
0: to be able to oh. fellowship.
1: You know, it's uh, it's crazy when, when when I first met you. I I, I met you in uh, in Melbourne when uh, um, I think at that time it was WWF at, at the time, um, or not might have been just changed over. you guys came for a tour. You toured it over in um in, in Melbourne, and you were at the Crown Casino. And I remember it was you, um, Ray Mysterio, was mm. there, and uh, you, were, you were standing at the bar. And I and I thought, man, I, I didn't know how to approach you. I just didn't know whether I should come and stand at the bar, pretending I'm buying a drink. I was and, probably uh, Jack Daniels out. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, and then I, I came, I came up to the bar, pretending I was buying a drink, and I looked at you. Wouldn't even know, probably. Remember, and I looked at your head. Hey, what's up, what's up? And then you you looked at me, and then you well, and you nod your head. And then, uh, and then, moved, then you walked off with the, with the, with the guys, and I thought, man, damn, he said hello. What's up? <laughs> and then, huh? and the guys came. They, I went back to the guys that were, I was with. He goes, oh, what? The, what, the, what did Rikishi say? And I said, oh, yeah. He said, what's up? We'll, you know, catch up later. I was like, yeah, man. I was like, really? He said that.
0: <laughs> well, it depended. It, it depended depend on the time that you caught me, because yeah. if it was freaking after hours, after the show, oh, you know, you know, once we once the show is done. It's already, yeah. you know, a 12-pack, 24-pack yeah. of beer. And then I'm headed to the bar to get me a shot of Jack and listen to some music. And then the oh. rest the rest is history. But I'm, I'm like, there just, you know, with aches and pains of the night. You know what oh, I mean?
1: It was,
0: like, like at 4 o'clock in the morning. It was he, rude. Like, yeah. OK, 4 o'clock in the morning? OK. So <laughs> my, my body was there, but my mind wasn't. Yes. <laughs> you, know? you You know what it feels like after you perform. Yeah. It's like, you know, yeah. we're hurt, man. You know what I mean? We're all in that zone. Like, damn, I messed up my vertebrae tonight. I, yeah. I hurt my shoulder. And so you're going to deal, you're going to turn to the next thing here, you know, during our yeah. time was Jack Daniels and, you know, Jack Daniels and Coke and beer. I mean, we we say, you know, we didn't have prescription pills back in the day.
1: Yeah, yeah. We didn't
0: have, you know, therapy in the back locker room. It was the boys taking care of the boys.
1: Yeah. And
0: so, you know, for us, that Jack Daniels, man, BSK back in the day. That's all everybody had a yeah. bottle of Jack. And once yeah. <laughs> and you couldn't touch none of my jack. If you finish your bottle of Jack, you can't have none of mine.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so speaking of Jack Daniels, my mate, John, John Lawlor, mate, he drinks like a fish. Oh, and, Lord. Uh, he drinks that like, yeah. We were when we were um when we came to meet you at the airport, and I said, John, come with me. And uh like you know, for people that are listening, John John Low, he's a uh, Samoan, but he made, we've been brought up since uh, as as a kid, you know, going through high school. And, you know, we've hung out together to the to the state where we were in my room one time, and he brought his new speakers over, and it was you got it for a birthday present, and he's yeah. speakers brought it over. We playing music, and we put it up loud. I didn't hear my mum go off and tell and she was going turn that music down, but I, I didn't hear it, and then we we're playing it loud. My, and and we'll go, man. John, this this speakers are awesome. My mum come through the door. She kicked, you know, push, kick the door. Come through the door, and she booted my uh, my uh, my 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 mate John's uh, uh, stereo, new stereo system. Put a hole in it, and John looked at the stereo system, and going, oh, like literally, like shocked that my mum's just put her foot through the stereo system, and it's like to this day he goes man you still owe me a stereo sister but i said well why didn't you say something to my mum?" he goes are you serious man why didn't you say something but it's funny like when we came to to to, to uh this is our close world we can and pick you up and uh john started talking he goes man he was excited and he started talking to rikishi and uh to so start talking to samoa and uh and then he was taking the piss because he knew that i didn't understand samoa properly like a lot of words like i you know he's speaking to him and then he was looking at me I'm thinking." The fuck what the fuck are you doing, John? Like, man, like and he was just laughing and I was like, You idiot, you idiot. But uh man, it was funny because he was excited that day. He said, Man, let's go, let's go. We're we gonna go. And I said, mate, yeah. don't get in yet. So yeah, I uh, missed was- John,
0: man. Well, you know, he's smart enough to know in Polynesian women. You damn yeah. sure don't talk back to that, man. Yeah. <laughs> Had he said anything to your mom, I'm sure he would have got the haku don't tongue and yeah. death grip. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, it is
1: his best time that he's had when he came to Italy. Yeah, he goes, mate, he was the uh and hung out with these guys. He goes, mate, it was the the best time he's he's ever had. Like, well you, hanging out you, with these guys.
0: You know, well we knew that, you know, m- number one, when uh when we knew that John was a big fan of a professional wrestling. You know, when you have those family members that yeah. always talking professional wrestling. <laughs> and so when uh, me and Reno was running NWE back in the day overseas in Europe. And so this was the time. So when actually John came over to visit us and he came spend like a week with us. So his first day he gets there, we got uh, we got Ultimate Warrior coming and we booked Ultimate Warrior and he's actually wrestling Orlando Jordan that night in Barcelona, Spain. And so I was busy doing all the social media in the back of the locker rooms and stuff. So going back and forth and John's hanging, you know, someone's. And yeah. on, the back have, you know, before this freaking show starts having a few beers. Ah, we just have one, we just have one. One turns yeah. into two, two turns into three. And next thing you know, the more they drink, you can tell Polynesian they get louder and louder, yeah, you know, yeah. When, you, when you're drinking, right? So I'm going back and forth. And I I, I see him in Reno in the locker room, and TK's back over there, and it's getting kind of louder. The Bluetooth speakers going, they got Polynesian Island Reggae <laughs> jamming, you know, good yeah. vibe, and all of a sudden. I come out and I'm watching the Ultimate Warrior match after with uh, with uh, you know, Orlando Jordan in there. And I see John in the ring. Yeah. And I look at Reno and I said, what the hell's John doing in there? He said, we didn't have a security guard, so I threw John in there. And, so John, and John got in there and he took uh, Ultimate Warrior, clothesline him one time, clothesline him. And, and John took bumps. Ooh, John took bumps. As if he's been training for a long time, you know. And, and the, the, he was so I, I was freaked out, but then I was more so like happy for him yeah. because I know like Dan, he's gonna remember yeah. this for the rest yeah. of his. I mean, where do you get to jump in the ring with the Ultimate Warrior in front of thirty thousand people? Oh, and you take it. So Ultimate Warrior, yeah. you shake it. There was this one spot he's shaking the ropes that you know that old iconic shake. Yeah. And he turns around, I think, at one time he go to hit John and John didn't take a bump. <laughs> I was like, Oh shit, I hope he don't miss the finish and freaking bump. You know, John started bumping left and right. And I came, I was looking at Reno. I said, Man, you're oh, an shit. asshole, man. You're Reno. Yeah. Good for him, man. But yeah, ever oh. since then, also you know, way before that, and then when that happened, he's always, you know, we're always talking about joking to each other about that. Every now and then he messages on uh, you know, you will contact us, and it's just so good to, you know, yeah. to go down memory lane, and we're here to be able to talk about it,
1: you know? Yeah, oh, it's some good times, some crazy times. And then, obviously, with COVID happening, and we can't cross borders or we can't, you know, fly over to the U.S., but uh, hopefully when things go, get back to normal, we can do that. And it'll uh, be, be awesome to kind of catch up again and, and, uh, and eat a buffet you know, sit at the buffet table and and, and smash well, that
0: shit you 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 don't look like you've been hitting any buffets man you look like <laughs> in tip top shape how's your workout been now, like are you still like you go and just you know still spar and stuff like that what what yeah. what's your routine
1: so i still i still train as normal so i will still not as as hard as what i used to two to three times a day but I would train, you know, every day. Um, whether whether a lot of it's a lot of the CrossFit stuff, um, mm-hmm. a lot of Olympic lifts and, and stuff like that, hip um, hip workouts. So I'd still do do that, but and um, mm-hmm. still get into that that kind of uh, movement just to kind of get me moving. And, and I'll still spar, I'll still wrestle <laughs> and that as well. So I still I still love my wrestling, my um, Jiu-Jitsu and, and Greco and freestyle wrestling. So the mm-hmm. body's is not adapting to what it used to, used to be. I mean, the mind wants to go, but the body yeah. is slowly trying to get there. The knees, the back, and um, you, you know, you're the neck, to you starting to
0: feel like the. Uh, are you feeling like the after effects of all the pounding yeah. of the body? Uh,
1: and, and you know what, uh, Kishi? Like I, I don't know if you, you're you're know, you're the same, but if I was had had the mentality now and, and had that mentality as I was younger. I would have trained smarter I would have trained like um you know because back then I was training I was doing seven hours a day training because I thought to myself doing all this training would get me you know but it was just a like it was a lot of wear and tear on the body um mm-hmm. but like now I would have had the mentality now I would have uh you know trained smarter you know mm-hmm. keep my, my workout shorter but harder but just you know pushed harder and um you know, I would have changed a lot, a lot of my the way I train now if I was back in back when I was younger. So I don't know how how you would see it yourself.
0: No man, I like I said, as long as I wake up every morning and I'm yeah, breathing, yeah. I'm happy. But yeah. I, honestly, I have a hard time because yeah. you know my body, you know, has kind of did a 360. Because when you're so used to in our schedule, 200 days out the year, every night we're performing. We're traveling, yeah. we're performing, we're performing. And then all of a sudden, everything stops. And when everything stops, it's like my body's going to damn. It's not, you know, my body's not used to getting beat up. Yeah. It's not used mm-hmm. to getting body, body slam and all that stuff. So <laughs> to be able to adjust, I can't tell you, I probably went through about, you know, every year, maybe at least five different beds.
1: Because yeah. I keep wow. trying
0: to find the, the right bed to hold, you know, my weight. You know, at yeah. 405, and you know, to be able to, you know, find that that, that comfort sleep. You know, yeah. sometimes I gotta sit up in my recliner, you know, just because for whatever my neck is not feeling right, you know, yeah, it, and, and it comes in spurts, you know. One night yeah. that you know, my hip hurt, like you just we're getting up for our daily routine, man. We don't even think about it. So we just yeah. going like we're going to go shopping with the family, all of a sudden. Yeah. They look back. What's wrong? I'm like, hold on, I'll catch up. <laughs> 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 and then they, you know they look. They, you know my family. They will look at me. Oh, come on, Dad, let's go and say, hey. Yeah, man, yeah. You know that's easy for you to say, man. You know yeah. what I mean? But you know, has some mercy on me. You know. Yeah. But yeah. It, it, it's what it's what we it's what we signed up to do. Yeah. Yeah. You well, know. It's let our let our experience,
1: you know, yeah. be lessons for those that are coming through. Yeah. My son wants to fight. So he's, he was saying, Dad, he goes, um, he's taller than me. So he's just turned 14 mm. and he's, uh, he's six foot five. And he looks mm. down on me and, and uh, he said, Dad, I want to fight. And I said, no, I don't want you to fight. He goes, man, it's a it's a hard business. Mm-hmm. Um, because you got to be prepared for it. He goes, "Oh, Dad, I want to do it. This is what I want to do." He's been training jujitsu and 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 wrestling and uh, um, you know Greco freestyle, you know, since he's a kid, and doing boxing and stuff. And he goes, "Dad, no, I really want to fight. I want to fight in the UFC." And I said, "No, I want you to just do basketball because you know, you know, you can maybe make some money out of that. You know, you can, you know, if you go further, you know, further and whatever you want to do. I just, I think that." The business of, of fighting is and I, I'm guess you know with with wrestling with pro wrestling as well like it is a hard business you know mm. it's the, it's the money make, make, it's a, when you want to make money you've got to sacrifice you know you have to put your body through 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 a lot of work and you know a lot of grind and uh, you know you will get uh, you will get injured so um, if he wants to if he keeps coming back to me and, and saying dad I really really want to do it maybe, but at this moment, I don't want him to be because I want him to 100% be committed. It's one of those things that you just can't. Is people to walk. People walk into the gym. And goes, so I want to be a UFC fighter. Uh, okay. As soon as they get punched in the face, then they go, oh, maybe this is not for me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one of those things. And I don't know how it is with you know, with the people coming into Knox Knox Pro. You know, mm-hmm. they, you know, they want to be wrestler, pro wrestler, but I want to go right. to the WWE. Are they willing to work? Are they willing to sacrifice? So.
0: You you know it's it's the training that of our experience of what we went through to be able to uh, do what we do. You know it. You know when they come through, a lot of kids again it's different nowadays. Today nowadays the new era. It's, it's I like to call it PlayStation wrestling. Yeah. You know, and so when they come through, all they think about is what they see, what they're playing, and then once yeah. they hit that three quarter uh, plywood, and they hit those steel posts, and they hit those steel ropes. And then that's when reality hits in like, damn, this shit hurts and, oh no no, 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 no no, we 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 just started you you just been in the ring just the three minutes, you know, you still got a long time to go, yeah and so you know it, it's it's those that are passionate about it. you know yeah. what we do we try to smarten them up to yeah to the professional advice of of uh, yeah. of the industry, and then everybody has a choice. but the one yeah. thing that we do is we're fair with the kids. Yeah. you know, I, we treat all the kids as if they're own kids, and it's a diverse group of uh, kids that come through. as kids we got, you know, young teenagers and, and even young adults that come through. The I think our our youngest student is fifty one. Yeah, and so when they come through, we we tell them to straight up, you know, this yeah. is what it is, man. You know, it takes a lot of sacrifice, a lot of hard yeah. work. You know, if you want to pay the price to, I don't know what your what your what your thoughts are or what your goal is coming into professional wrestling to be a superstar or you want an action figure or you just want to show people you're on PlayStation five, yeah. you know, but let me spot you up what it is, because while you're coming with all that, the fact of the matter is your family's home waiting for you. They're supporting yeah. you on the sideline. So yeah. if you want to play games in this gym, yeah. then this is not the place for you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know? And that's something that woke me up when I went to Temecula and woke me up really good, is when these guys were, they, they thought, you know, let's test me out. Man, I was on the back and I was gasping for air. And it, it made me realise that this is the, the, if I if I need to take this to another level, I need to kind of, uh, you know, I need to be here. This is where it's at, you know. Um, so it's, it's one of those things I needed to kind of take take to the next level to be with the people that I need to be be at. to to be at that next level.
0: So I have a question for you. Is how did you feel when you finally got into to the octagon, the UFC? You see all the people that are there. This is what I've been waiting for. Take me back to that first, that feeling that you had when you finally walked through those gates.
1: Well, the, the first fight I had, um is you know i had a, I think it was 2000 i had the, the first fight oh, me, it was was before that and uh it, it's one of those things where I didn't know what to expect apart from going in there and just drawing and trying to you know knock this, not knock, knock this guy out it's uh it's a daunting feeling it's it's a you know you got you do have a team but you're the only person going into the into the octagon but at that time my first fight was in the ring and then we had uh, so many fights. Um, so I had about seven fights. Eventually, um, I signed with the uh, with, with Japan. I, I fought in Pride and um, and left in front of, you know, 70,000, 80,000 people in Japan. And that's on another level. But uh, I had a choice to go to the UFC or to, to Pride, and I went to – and I signed with Pride at that time. Everyone was fighting in Pride. Mark Hunt was fighting in pr- Pride, everyone. And uh, it's it, it was – to, to walk out in front of, you know, so many screaming Japanese, it's, it's crazy because they love that sport. They love the sport and they respect the sport of that as well. And at that time, people didn't weren't educated on, you know, mixed martial arts because they thought rolling around on the ground, they thought they'd just hug it. And um, until people actually trained it, people actually started to educate themselves on what, you know, jiu was and, and, and that. So, so it has come a long way. Um, my first fight in the UFC, I, I signed signed with the UFC in two thousand and seven. I was fighting a guy named Eddie Sanchez, and that was the, the time oh. that where we met we met you in two thousand and seven. Probably the worst fight of my career, would be worst fight. I signed a four fight deal with the UFC, um, mm. Dana White, and, and it was awesome. You know, so you know, it could be the, the next big thing coming up. I think when you talk about stage fright, I got stage fright. You know, I don't know if it was the stage fright or, you know, or the you know you or the you know, the 20,000 people, I don't know if it was that or the, you know, packed out in the Mandalay Bay or your millions of people yeah. watching on TV, but it got me. I, I, uh, I could, I didn't even, I haven't even, don't even remember the fight apart from, you know, kind of, you know, towards the end and then, you know, sitting there and thinking to myself, geez, where is everyone? Uh, before that whole week was like, it made me realize and reality sets in when you're winning, you're winning. People are giving you high fives, you know, you know, when you, if, if you're winning, um, but when you're losing, no one wants to know you. And uh, i was sitting at the, in the hotel room, and I'm, I'm looking around. The only person was there was around was John, <laughs> was, he was sitting there, and, his, uh, and um, yeah, he was the only person that was around. All my other f- friends and, and training partners weren't around. So I remember coming back to Perth, and I, they, they cut me. You know, after, four, after I signed a four-fight deal, first fight, the only UFC fighter to get cut at that time, you know, mm. with one fight. I said, mate, you're terrible, you're never coming back into the UFC again. And um, I put on, we'll come back to Perth and I put on a lot of weight. Um, and I uh, blew out to about 160, 170, 70 kilos. Yeah. Um, I was eating, you know, uh, eating McDonald's, you know, hungry, uh, Hungry Jack's, uh, you know, fast food, KFC. I was eating buckets of KFC. You and just didn't give, KFC. KFC. You didn't give a damn, it doesn't give a damn anymore. And, and, you know, I was in that much KFC. I mean, I love KFC, but I'm not yeah. trying to promote KFC. Uh, but uh, but one of those things that I woke up one morning, I had a bit of pain in my chest. I felt like I was having a heart attack. And I thought, geez, what do I want to do? Number one, I don't want to die. Okay, I need to get back into the UFC. And uh, even though Dana White said that we're never coming back into the UFC. So then I uh, I went to a gym and said, listen, I need to drop the weight. You know, I look like soul the bulk at the moment, but uh, can you help me get back and, you know, get fit and get back into the UFC? They said, "Soul, gives us 100%, and I hit it from then. And then had the, I remember having the one, two, three fights, three fights not with the UFC, but trying to get back. I remember, you know, hitting up uh, Ryan Parsons, said, so, hey, listen, ready to come back. You know, I had three fights, three knockouts. They said, mate, you're dreaming. You're never coming back into the UFC. And I thought then I had four, five, six fights, six fights, you know, and in all in the space of six months. Normally, if you're prepared for a, for a fight, it's like, you know, two fights would be, you know, one fight would be 12, 12 weeks. That's three months of the year. If you're having two fights, that's six months of the year where you're taking time out to to prepare for a fight.
0: You you, know, you, had you, 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 you sound like you was on a mission. You, yeah. had, you had, just by listening to you, it was not you against anybody else. It was you against you. There's stuff that you yeah. got unfinished business to take care of. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I man, I had because I had people on the internet were saying, "Mate, you're useless. You're too old. You never come back." Man, I can't even believe you're from Australia. because goes, "You're mm-hmm. not even Tongan." People were saying, like even my own people were, were, were bagging me, and I thought, "Okay, we'll see. We'll see what happens." Mm-hmm. After the six fights, I had six fights in nearly six months. Uh, then we said, "Hey, listen, can we come back to the UFC?" At this time, people were going, "Dana White, you need to get Salt the whole back to the UFC." This is where they were <laughs> tweeting. So then, um, then after that, they said, look, Sol, we are watching you, but uh, you might need a few more fights, you know, seven, eight, nine fights, nine fights, and that, that ninth fight was a guy named Sean McCorkle. He was in the UFC, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and from then on, they said, yep, let's get you back. So it took me nine fights to get back into the UFC. So my advice to anyone out there, if you've got a goal, set the goal, because it doesn't matter what happens. and Don't worry about what other people say. And uh, Dana White said, "Man, I was never coming back into the UFC." The UFC said, "Mate, terrible. That was the worst fight ever in 2007. You're never coming back into the UFC." It took me nine fights to get back into the UFC, and I had that in the space of a year—the um, nine fights. I was pushing. I was pushing as hard as I could, and that. So, um, and there you have it. It's the, when I talk about resilience, when I talk about persistence. You know, you—I every day I was hustling. Every day I was pushing. And uh, and I had one goal. My goal was to get back into the UFC, and I did. I had to drop the weight as well. I was 170 kilos, dropping down to 120. You had to be 120 to be into the UFC, and and there I have it. When I when I got back into the UFC, my first fight was in Milwaukee against a Russian guy, and uh, I I um, fractured my my rib the week before, so I fought that guy on a fractured rib. So I um and uh, I remember when I was at Milwaukee and. The, michael gordon he was the doctor for the milwaukee bucks i said hey michael can you give me a cortisone injection he said i can't because if it breaks then it'll be floating you won't even know and it could rupture your uh, rupture and i said okay well give me some tablets and uh he gave me some uh, um some tablets to kind of for the pain and you know, painkillers that didn't work and i thought to myself my main thing was to get in there take him down and just Finish and knock him out on something. As I lifted him in that first round and I dropped him, his knee hit my rib and I felt a crack mm. and it was downhill from there. But I still won the fight, you know. But uh, again, I was just, mm. me, me, you know, I was just hungry at that time, you know, no one's going to beat me. I'm going to win, you know. And uh, there's so many people out there that get to that stage and it's like, you know, anyone can do anything, you know, you just got to mentality wise, it's in your mind. And you know? so, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's been a crazy ride. From then on, we've just kept. And then I had another fight in that as well. And uh, you know, with that was Pat Barry and a few other fights, and with we against uh, Walt Harris. And uh, and people still doubted me. And uh, when I still went out there and and uh, and knocked some teeth out. So it's you know, i was uh, still hustling. So you yeah. know,
0: just hearing your story, I have nothing but respect. I can hear the, you know, the warrior inside of you, you know, of who you are and what you've become. You know, there, there's there's, a, there's, the, a, what is it, the testimony, y'all? You know, you, when you're on top, everything is gravy, man. Yeah. You, you get friends from all walks of life. As soon as you hit rock bottom like you're a loser, you lost, this and that, oh, they, they, they offer you so quick you can't even find somebody. Yeah. And so keep your real ones close by you. And yeah. at the end of the day, you don't need anybody to validate you, man. You got to yeah. keep moving forward. You do you. And just hearing yeah. off uh, of your your, your uh, testimony, man, c- congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations yeah. on all your success. Congratulations on just, you know, the life that you choose to live. Congratulations mm-hmm. of the man that you become, the role model that you've become for our Polynesian people and just in the fighting game in general, I can't tell you so much how proud of you. As for me, you know, tomorrow's not promised for me, not promised for none of us. And it's one thing that I can say to you is that I am so proud of you and continue the journey, my friend, you know, somewhere down the line, you know, God has this purpose, you know, in Polynesian, you know, we're a lot in faith and a lot in God. You know, and we understand where we come from. And make no mistake about we love our culture. We do love our culture. We understand where we come from. But it's the inner strength of the, the person that, you know, the choice he makes to be able to drive you to the path that you want to be able to do in life. Because at the end of the day, you know, your parents will be gone. You know, everybody dies. I get that, man. I experienced that this last uh, October with my father, through the yeah. COVID, and as uh, you know a fifty-five and still alive, year old man, I'm like this now, man. I never thought my parents were going to be gone, you know. But it's through the teachings that you know uh, that your loved ones, and it doesn't have to be your parents. It could be your closest friend, or not. Everybody has good relationships with their parents, or their families, or their culture. Uh, so you have to find that person that is. real to you and has nothing but support, don't want nothing from you, but they just want to see you win. Yeah. Those are your real ones that keep beside you.
1: Yeah. And it's family. Family Families at the end of the day, it's it's, uh, families, family, the ones that are going to be there. You know, that uh, when I say time, time is so important when, when I talk about time because I'll never get back the time. That I miss with my girls growing up. Yep. You know, I remember what my mum said to me before she passed away uh, for, for diabetes. She said, she used to say to me, so she used to go, son, fame and money will mean nothing when I'm gone. Amen. I used to laugh. I said, Yeah, whatever, mum. Yeah, okay. And I used to laugh, get back on my phone. She used to say it to me all the time, son, listen to me. Listen to me very carefully. Fame and money and money will mean nothing when I'm gone. Now she's gone. I understand what she actually means. I I know what she means because I'll give away everything, all the money, everything that that I have, every everything to have my mum sitting here and telling me something about just ha- having a conversation, whether she's telling me off and stuff. So I understand now. So it's uh, you know it's it's one of those things that I'll never get back. But uh, um, it's 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 life. I guess it is what it is. Like your yeah. father was saying. Well,
0: I know. I know she's proud of you, man. And and a lot of people that are close into your circle that know you, you know, for those that understand who, who Saul really is, and yeah. I'm sure that they're proud of your, all your <clears throat>
1: accomplishments in life. Yeah, thanks. Hey, Kish, I've got a, uh, a thing. I've got a few fans that have asked me to ask you. And well, one of them said that uh, would Kish do a uh, would Kish do a a watch, um you know to see how well, stink face. No. <laughs> he said, he said they, they asked if they could do a a question or ask you a a how well does Rikishi know Australian slang or Australian words? So they've given me uh, mm. ten words. Um, basically, when I say when I say the word, you just have to give me the meaning of that word in Australia. In so, if I say a word in Australian, you just have to say what you think it means in in what you think it means. Oh, so, Lord. I said, oh Lord. I can ask him. If, if he says yes, he, you know, then we can do it. So, I'm,
0: always, I'm always about having fun. Why not? You yeah. know, this is okay. what we
1: train for. All right. So I'll just pull it up now. No, so, no,
0: I'm, I'm going to throw it out there. I don't know too much Australian slang
1: now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but okay. I love you. all <laughs> so, so if I say the word, you've just got to okay. tell me what it means. Okay. okay. This is this, an Aussie thing. Okay. 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 A cold one. Beer. Beer, yep. Um, Booze bus. Boobs. No, it's a police vehicle used to catch drunk drivers. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Damn. Crikey. So if I said, crikey, geez, that was bloody... Massive. It's a it's an expression of surprise. Uh, defo. Yeah. Uh it means definitely. Sir, yeah, I believe so. your mic's on mute at this moment. Rikishi.
0: All right, just one thing. <laughs> you see yes, what happened you hit me with those australian so australian <laughs> uh, yeah. well, you heard the first ones
1: yeah okay Yep. okay so uh all right so here's a good one um no. servo servo yeah
0: man that sounds like an ice cream
1: no, yeah, it's the uh, service station, like a garage, like you get petrol. <laughs> oh, boy.
0: I need a lot of lessons, man.
1: <laughs> All right, we've got, we've oh, got uh, four, four more, four more. Here we go. S- 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 snag.
0: I like a snack. <laughs> uh, snag. Snag, is a let salt. me touch. Let me grab. Oh, salt. S- a sausage, sausage. A snag is a sausage?
1: Yeah, so we call it sausage. We call it hot dog. All right. <laughs> Um, okay, uh three more stoked. Like I'm pumped up. Yes, yeah, like happy. Yep, happy, very good, oh, very good. I got that one good. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh mozzy. Ooh, that just sounds mozzy, like nasty. That's uh um so that's a mosquito. Oh, mosquito,
0: mozzy. Yeah. Wow. Mosey's
1: mosquito. Um, okay, here we go. Uh two more thong. Oh, Rikishi. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the thong the thong. Yeah, the underwear, actually- underwear, underwear, underwear.
1: So the thong, this is what a, a thong oh, is. Oh my goodness. <laughs> All right, one more. Um uh, billabong.
0: Billabong. <laughs> wow,
1: that's <did> that <laughs>
0: Billabong. That just, that just sounds like sounds like testicles.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> here's it's actually there's my, my billabongs
1: <laughs> So it's actually a pond in a dry riverbed. A pond? So, yeah, it's a like, it's a pond. So it's a billabong, so we call it mate. Uh I'm gonna go have a few drinks down at the billabong, so it's like a, you know, <laughs> a, a pond, and it's a <laughs> so wow. I think you need to work on your your Australian slang
0: yeah I think I'm think uh, i sorry Australia you guys can I think I got an F for today (laughs) (laughs) wow man well Melissa man thank you so much for coming on my brother Uh, much love to all Australia the city of Perth and you know Ofatu, Itonga, all the cultures our people out there in the Polynesia any last words that we can talk about before we go off the air my friend
1: Mate, just thanks, uh, Rikishi, mate. I love you. I love the boys. Um, you know, Black Pill, Gangrel, all the, all the, all the crew. Um, and uh, you know, and also to the Allsaws. And uh, you know, um, it just mate, it's it's been a, a pleasure to be on here. And uh, at the end of the day, um, mate, I cannot wait to see you guys. You know, we'll hop over there soon. But uh, anyone out there, uh, reach out. You know, if you're going through any struggles, um, there are support services out there. And reach out. There's Lifeline and, and stuff. So. Have that conversation, but thanks, Kishi, for having me on. Love you, brother. And we'll, uh, I guess we'll talk to you
0: soon. Thank you, my brother. Wow. Well, there you have it, fans. You know, listen, you know, uh, this one I had to go beyond the time limit, uh, to be able to catch up with this. Also, uh, saw of the hope as you guys can hear his story. Make sure you guys uh, follow saw on all his social media. Uh, media platform, um, man, I just can't just say how happy I am to be able to sit down and, you know, have an hour to talk with Soar and to catch up, you know, as you can hear all our, you know, testimonies, our stories, his journey of what, you know, what it is in the industry, be it wrestling or UFC, boxing, MMA, you name it, we all go through hurt and pain just like everybody else. The only difference is, is that we are in front of a camera. So I'll be damned if we just trying to live life normal without having anybody point fingers at you. And if they do point fingers at you, oh, well. Before I go, I'd like to send a shout-out to my Mauso uh, Gang Grill. Thank you for the T-shirt. There, there it is, Gang Grill's Wrestling Asylum. Uh, Make sure if you guys are out there in the West Coast, out there by Dana Beach, go check out the Uso Gang Grill, the Vampire Warrior, Vampire Warrior. All right. Well, this is love and respect for tonight. Uh, Each one, teach one. And remember, it's free to be kind. Thank you. Have a good night.